Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Listeners, welcome to the Geekiest Podcast. I'm back, I'm Pete, and I am the best star pilot in the galaxy, and a cunning warrior, and a good friend. Hi, this is Joe, and uh, I think I think it's time to uh, level us all up. Hi, this is Kayla, and I can't follow that opening. <laughs> and I guess I'm Chris. I'm visiting in for the day to see what's going on <laughs> hi chris hey chris so uh as usual we have our guest in the guest seat uh joining us for uh the show um chris is a well-rounded geek uh call me fat joe no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. you're in excellent shape round is a shape <laughs> No, but we're you know uh, you know you, you have worn many hats in the in the in your geekiness and uh, so I guess start off with the origin story. We respect that very much. So tell us how did geekiness come to you? Everybody likes an origin story. Wow, <laughs> and, oh, I never quite heard it as an origin story. So I don't know. I would say I've uh, I've been doing this a really long time so i kind of started when i was young by not being involved in like a lot of role-playing games and stuff like that and not like in bullies because like you can't hear you can't tell from the radio but i'm a little older so it was not cool we to can be tell into by the stuff fact that you use the word radio yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> it sneaks out so Anyway, I just didn't think it was cool for people to pick on other people. And I had a bully of a brother, so I wasn't weak, uh. right? So I made a lot of friends by doing a little, hey, let's be fair. Don't pick on the skinny guy because he's just a little smarter and he's into something different. And if you're so tough, then let's see how tough you are. I and I made friends. There you go. I made I friends that. that way. And, uh, you know, so you go over someone's house and then they're, what are they doing? you're like, oh, well, you know, they're playing D&D or, or Gamma World was big, right? So it was like, what's that? And you just start playing some games and you get involved. You know what's funny is I feel like we've definitely had a lot of experience with a lot of the people that we've talked to, myself included, who aren't the traditional, like, well, you know, I was 10 years old and playing D&D in the basement and so on and so forth. Like, for me, I, I started with, like, reading comics, and it wasn't really until I was about 18 or 19 that I even started reading comics at all. And right around that same time, got involved with playing D&D and, and some other right. stuff. I was always into video games. That was definitely always my jam, and I, I always loved Star Wars. But, um, like, the really, like, I'm a hardcore geek kind of stuff came to me a little bit later in life. Yeah. See, you know uh, what, what's funny? You made fun of me about the radio comments, uh -huh. so I can totally place you by saying... 
well, when I was younger, I was playing video games because uh-huh. there were no video games <laughs> when I was <laughs> yeah. younger. So, <laughs> so, yeah. By uh, the I'm way, just, I'm, I'm just going to jump. Point for being an anti-bully and geek point for the Gamma World reference. Yeah, I was oh, going yeah, to sure. yeah, jump in on the Gamma World because yeah. that that is definitely <laughs> one of the the more interesting uh, of the line of role-playing games through its uh, storied history. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. So, so you defended defended the geek and became one. It could be said that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I like doing stuff, and so we'd all hang out, and I would motivate the guys to do a little bit more than just sit around, and that just became fun, and we, mm. hang, and we hung out. Like, you st- you're saying you started with comic books? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it was <laughs> – I didn't, I didn't have piles of money growing up, and, you right, know, right. I think we all know that comics in general – Unless you were coming up in the 40s and 50s, you know, when it was a nickel. Um, yeah, it, a comic habit is, is an expense, and it wasn't one that... Also, I'm, I have trouble committing to anything in general. <laughs> so, for me, discovering comics was discovering comics through the library. And I was like, oh, wow. I can get these whole collections of comics? Sure. And I started with X-Men and worked my way out from there. Nice. Yeah, because when I was younger, there was only comics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was saying earlier before we started the first time i ever even heard of D, which was the first game we had to buy it out of the occult section of the bookstore right it wasn't like there wasn't a pre-game area there wasn't a gaming area gaming was like monopoly and strategio and shoot sco- strategio strategic ah and shoots and ladder right. stuff like that words are hard yeah english is Something. super yeah. hard man yeah I, I i remember going into walden books and uh they were it was in like the sci-fi fantasy section right. it'd be like all the books and then the D books and it was always weirdly like this i mean I, yeah it's sci-fi fantasy but like these aren't like to just read for well okay i read those books for fun um but you know they, they weren't novels they weren't you know like, right it, so yeah i definitely remember before and then you know, I was I was lucky enough growing up that the, the game, the game gaming had become something. So you could go to the old Dragon's Lair, you know, and love that place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember my mom was like, "I found this store on 441 and like Griffin, and they have all those weird books there, and there are people there playing your weird game." <laughs> your weird game. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all kind of. That, that's a whole experience, right? When the parents <laughs> find out what you're doing and uh-huh. you have to explain it to them if oh, they're not goodness. in the, in the, you know, into the theme. My I, parents were so oblivious. I mean, I think it depends a lot too on the way in which we explain things to other people, you know, because I think when an outsider comes in and says, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" and you go, "Role playing," then it's right, like, right. "Oh, this is a weird sex thing. I'm gonna go." <laughs> um, that's that's fine. That's cool. You know, I'm just going to pretend I wasn't here. I mean, especially as, as like a parent, you know, you come in and find like, you know, your 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 five 15 year old boys in the basement. <laughs> We're role playing, mom. Right. But wait, I mean, okay. I su- support you you guys and and whatever you. Maybe we should talk. <laughs> it, I had a similar situation. I was I was playing at the time. Like my my mom's first talk to me about games, I was at school, I guess, and she was in my room, and I I at the time I was playing villains and vigilantes 
with my friends. Oh, wow. So she opened oh, up. Oh, right. She's like, what's my son? On that one. What's my yeah, son yeah. doing? Let's open up the book and, and read through it, right? And she's like, it's not really a story, right? There's like character set up and she's like oh let me read about the characters right so in the adventure it's all the villains mm. right so she sat me down she's like i'm concerned about this book you're reading and i'm like okay it's not a book it's a module and she's like i don't ah. even know what that means but <laughs> but it apparently all the heroes are into drugs right because she's there's listing their weaknesses right ah, they rob okay, banks yeah. she's like are these your role models and i'm like "Ooh, you really don't understand yeah it's a game about being a superhero and you're fighting the villains right so these are all the bad guys what not to be mom so maybe mm. you should be cool with that was she cool <laughs> after that yeah, yeah yeah i mean that was my for me like D and D came into our house through my older brother through when he got into middle school he was in gifted and like the teacher and started introducing him to like the choose your own path adventure books those were and, great and oh my god they were so good back in the mm-hmm. day and uh and the artwork on the cover i there I forget, there was a frost giant one and the artwork on the cover is like the frost giant's got like this white dragon over his shoulder and like this big old axe and it was like i think i know that cover yeah um <laughs> But I remember, like, the teacher introduced it to them, and I don't know if she sent home a note with to the parents, whatever, and my parents actually bought us the red box. Your parents were cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, and and that's how we spent a lot of the time when my brother was in trouble, was <laughs> we would play D&D, you know? When your older brother is grounded permanently, you just, you play a lot play of a lot D&D. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was super isolated as a child. I went to a private school. I, you know, was was very close to my parents. I was an only child. Like it it took a bit for those things to kind of infiltrate. And I remember being my, I think my first exposure to any kind of comics was like the Archie comics in the grocery store line. You know, okay. that kind of thing that like made me go, "Huh?" You know, and it was like, you know, I, you know, mom, can I have that? And she would, you know, my mom was pretty, was pretty lenient, kind of oblivious to a lot of stuff. And she would just be like, sure. You know, and I started reading those and, you know, promptly had a crush on Betty and Veronica and, you know. <laughs> Very understandable. Well, you know. <laughs> Haven't we all, though? Right. What? I, I remember, like, for me, comics were, were was the spinner rack in the Seven Eleven that was just up the, the block from my house. Mm-hmm. You know, and you scrape together, you know, 50 cents, 75 cents, buy a copy. But grocery store stuff. And I now I'm looking back and I'm wondering what my parents were thinking. But, like. They used to let us get Cracked and Mad Magazines. Oh, wow. Um, I wasn't allowed to touch those when I was little. And it was like, I, I look back now and I'm thinking back now and like some of the things in there, I was like, well, I got a lot of the, you know, the, the slapstick humor and stuff. There was stuff in there that was probably not appropriate for, you know, seven-year-old Joe to be reading. A big body. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, definitely body. Okay, so so we, we have some of your origin story into into role playing games. Uh, I know, you know, you're also big into the war gaming games. And in fact, I saw not too recently, well, not too long ago, I should say, uh, a, a picture on Facebook of a young Chris. Mm. Uh, yeah. Was it in black and white? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was carved into a tablet. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> There was an accompanying newsreel uh, voiceover. Nose of the stars. <laughs> so, uh, 
I, I've always liked the look of wargaming games, you know, mm-hmm. the Warhammer, the, you know, Robotech, any of those games. Right, right. I just never had, well, one, never had the artistic ability to, you know, paint them in any way that would be presentable to anybody outside of, you know, my house. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Actually, it's a good bridge, right? If you go back. So when I was playing in D&D, uh, it was like pre-figs, right? So then they started coming out with figs. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it's cool to move yeah. your fig around the tabletop. Yeah. And there was no button. terrain or anything at the time. It was literally just a hex map, right? Usually grid paper that you got yourself, yeah. right? Not even a erasable. So um, we would have all these figs, and they would be cool. And sometimes, you, if you were fancy, you'd paint them. But Yeah, I remember a lot of those pewter figs. There's a lot of pewter figs. Right. Yeah, all pewter. All metal, right? Pewter, lead, all that. Uh, in fact, I learned <laughs> I learned something. Right, you're laughing, lead. We're all fine. Yeah. You know what we learned that the you guys mentioned the dragon's lair? Uh-huh. We learned those old metal figs. You can't heat the end of the fig, right? Like the arm, if you want to move it, you can't heat it up with metal and bend the arm. Because it sounds like, oh, yeah, it would get hot and you could bend it some. Mm-hmm. But apparently it just turns into a blob like from the fly movie (laughs) once it hits like a certain temperature the whole thing just melts (laughs) so say kids don't melt your figs but anyway we started playing right and like in a lot of the games when you play uh you start off with a couple of figs right Mm -hmm. every player has their own and then there's always uh well all the town guards come out right or the goblin horde attacks the town so now you have a bunch of similar figs so you're buying all these independent mm-hmm. figs and um pennies i feel like i well it started off <laughs> I, i'm getting i'm getting like, it into the like pennies. the tabletop army games which mm-hmm. is where this came from because then people started wanting rules for all these mass battles of figs right if 20 matching figs because that didn't exist you had D mm-hmm. so other games started popping up Right, other companies filling in that distance. How do you quickly put twenty goblins together, and how do they fight ten town guard in front of a, a town? Mm-hmm. So that's how um, I got involved in big tabletop gaming. Neat. Right, and then I remember when we were playing, it was just like, okay, well now we have all these cool figs, and we're playing on these grid maps that we're drawing. And at this time, they're telling you, you know, a square is about an inch. So I was like, well, why do we need maps, right? If we know it's an inch, it's an inch. Um, and Battletech started taking off, right? So Battletech is mountains at that time and, you know, giant robots. And and I put together, I was like, you know, every Christmas I go over to my uncle's house and he sets up a train with all mm-hmm. ter- tabletop mountains and stuff around uh. the tree. Why not put that on a table and start playing, like have a good visual that goes with it, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, right. And then I guess other people thought, right, good ideas. They say expand out there, and yeah, other people yeah. pick them up, right. You're never original, right? If right. you're thinking it, twenty other people mm-hmm. are, right. So some gaming comp, some gaming companies started producing that. So that was really cool Neat. for a while. That is is a definite geek point. I love the, yeah the history but of I, tabletop warrior. I mean, it was remind me, um, Empire of Imagination, the biography about Gary Gygax. Um, yeah. Gary Gygax before D&D was a huge historical war gamer. Um, And and there they they recount in his basement, which was basically man cave before man cave. He had a a built 
a table that had you know would be like what are the, the the gaming tables are today and then he put like model sand and he would change right. out the trains to do all the the historical wars things and then that was eventually led him to go okay i don't want to keep doing napoleonic wars or whatever i want to do you know i want to bring in you know lord of the rings or right. uh jack valance or you know whatever and do those sort of things and that basically led to chain mail which led then to D D with dave arneson's and you know involvement in so it's uh there's there's an old picture that I love. Uh, Geek point for that. Yeah, by the way. totally. Yeah. I was just like uh, slyly that putting very, that point in there. Very specific yeah. deep dive. There's an old picture that I love, and I'll I'll track it down and I'll 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 get it to you so we can load it up um, with the episode or a link to it or whatever. Um, of H. G. Wells, uh, who also played what we would today consider to be like that kind of tabletop war gaming. But um, the picture shows him, like, on the floor, and it's the whole floor of a room with these these cottages and stuff like that. And oh, it's, wow. it's sort of like old-style, like, World War I kind of style wars with cannons, with wheels, and cottages. And the cottages were probably about ten inches tall or so. And they had this whole spread, and it's such a cool... It was out of a magazine or a newspaper. That's so cool. you can see that, like the fold in the picture and everything, like in the, in the paper where the, the picture is, on, is opened up. Uh, but I'll make sure we get, we get that posted, because it's such a cool like way of seeing that, yeah, you know, we, we do this, and it's cool, and it's new, and we're taking out a tape measure and measuring our inches right. and stuff like that in our line of sight. But just like everything else, nothing is really new under the sun, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. <laughs> Here's H.G. Wells being a nerd. Yeah. And so, you know, we have we have the model the model industry to thank for a lot oh, yeah. of this and things like that. Things evolved. And, yeah, it's it's incredible how far it's come. So now you're in a position where you're kind of passing on to new generations this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, that, that would – so that would be the next step, I guess, okay. we would say, which is – Probably when I first started meeting you guys, when yeah. it came to right live action, uh-huh. if you want to call it <laughs> that, uh-huh. right? Which I got involved in a very non-geeky way. Interesting. I, you know what? I don't know. I know a little bit of your your reenacting origin story, but I don't know if I know the whole story. So the whole story was, I got married really young and that didn't work out so i had some anger (laughs) some anger it's a familiar story okay you're a Mm non-judgmental sympathetic uh there you go company company here Mm -hmm. so one of my friends was like you know chris you're a little physical you've got some anger things i uh go to this group where we do and he didn't describe it as live action, right? He goes, where we do, you know, historical reenactment combat. It's not always planned. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come, right? And I knew the guy at first. I'm like, no, man, I'm not going with you to that. <laughs> right? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that. That's, that's too much. And I like you as my buddy. But, you know, if I spend more than a week with you, you drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we all know those people. Right, sure. right. Gamers, right? Yeah, yeah. We all have so, um but then another friend of mine went to a renaissance fair and we just you know people in common so we started talking about it and i ended up going to the group right Mm -hmm. and it was uh literally uh dress up in costume it wasn't 
live action totally fantasy, right? It wasn't magic and, and we things like that. We were very specific about saying that it wasn't LARPing. We're not LARPing. It's really not LARPing. We're fucking LARPing. So on the time, it's LARPing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Denial. I didn't sit in the front of the short bus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I did that, right? Mm-hmm. And in the one particular group that I was in that you guys joined later mm-hmm. was group combat. Right. So what I literally did on the battlefield was envisioned in my head the modeling game. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. That just (laughs) filled in a piece of knowing you that I've been trying to figure out for 20 freaking years. And now I know what it is. I just thought you liked shield bashes. That's that's what I figured. Well, that's okay. So that's the gravy that attracts you to the mashed potatoes. Right. But you have to have the mashed potatoes to start with. I just figured it was, you had a flair for the dramatic, and and honestly, there was nothing that gets the the the, the crowd going more than you know, you know, eight people with shields smashing into each other in the center of a field. So it started right. It started in the in the competitions. They were all individual competitions. Yeah. Right. So you know, and it's not planned in the group I was in. So, uh, but to l- run the groups. You had to get support from multiple people, mm-hmm. right? So it, at first it was 10 or 15 people running around crazy, fighting 10 or 15 other people running around crazy. And I was like, you know, if we stand in formation, <laughs> you could actually block your friend yeah. so he doesn't you know, get knocked out of the game so fast, right? You could hold your shield up and do the shield bash. Mm-hmm. Right, your girlfriend could stand behind you with a spear, and while you're engaged with somebody, she could spear them. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! This sounds like you're talking about teamwork and strategy. And in teamwork and strategy, how does every single individual person get to be the number one hero? Because I play a lot of video games, and let me tell you. <laughs> so, a friend of mine just came to me about having trouble in some kind of first-person shooter mm-hmm. medieval game where he's running around with a bow. And he said every time he squared off with someone else, they would, like, raise their shield and run him down. Right? Sound familiar, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, was well, you any, know, when we did it in live kicks? action. Yeah, no groin kicks. <laughs> I was like, when we do it in live action, the mistake is to engage with the guy who's totally in front of you. Right. So move in a position so one of your friends is in that way. And then ignore that guy and shoot someone else who's not looking at you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's good life advice, frankly. Right? <laughs> it, 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 so he leveled, though, like four times. Ah. Came it, it does seem strange, though, for, for the reenactment group not to realize, you know, that there were tactics being used back in the day. I mean, you know. When I first started doing it, they told me I was cheating because I practiced. Are you serious? <laughs> Oh my God! People hate when other people are better. Yeah, it, yeah. it's true. But uh, I'm that's stunning. Like it, it really it, is. it's one of those like because you know the organizations all pride themselves on oh we are we we want to be historically accurate blah 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 and it's like um, you you know like if you watch any of the the historical movies like they just all rush out at once there was like there's the infantry and there's the cavalry and there's the artillery and. Yeah. Did you not see the part where Legolas surfed on a shield? That's what you do. That's how it works. <laughs> oh, oh, I still only counts as one. Um. <laughs> no, yeah, no. But, yeah. Do you, I you... need to point out, Pete, that that's not historical? I don't know movie? how this sentence is going to end, but it's not going to end right. <laughs> it's, it's, no, not, not historical. Nope. Ah, la, 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 la. 
<laughs> I fear for the children you teach history to. It's okay, they're not listening either. It's fine. <laughs> Somehow it circles around ending up with correct information being distributed, I think. A negative and a negative equals a positive, right? Sure. I don't teach math. <laughs> so or history, frankly. It's interesting, now that I'm putting these pieces together with you, you basically came full circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. really, like, that's cool. So you started doing the, the, the fighting thing. Right, right, the know, live action. The live action stuff. And I would say I took that to its pinnacle. Yes, you did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, you know, you first you start organizing 10 and then 20, and then that jumps. It's funny because when you go from 20 to, like, 250, that jump is fast. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah jump that jump happened real fast. crazy fast. fast. Mm-hmm. And... Not to take away from Leg- Legolos, but in the big battles. Please do. <laughs> in the big battles, too many independents, they die quick, right? Mm. There's always somebody from the movies that mm-hmm. like that sees the movies and they're always trying to tell you what to do. Here's a good life lesson, doing geeky things all my life. Don't listen to the first thing that people say because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. There would always be some guy running out, this is how you have to do it. And it's like, why don't you go try that? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, and we'll see, how, see how that works. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> right? yeah. there's no talking, you know, there's no talking um, uh, geeky nerdy guy out of something. He's convinced just he's always right. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's just got to oh, do man, it. Oh, man, is that not the truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I watched, oh, my God. I watched a guy walk off by himself, and he literally got shot down like out of a gladiator movie. <laughs> right? I was like, see, that's why we didn't stay out on ourselves. The chariots are getting you. <laughs> oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I didn't get to do too many of the, the war scenarios with you, but I do know that, you know, not listening to the first, it's someone come up to you with this, I have this idea for armor and or weapon, and you would give that look and you're like, yeah, try that out. Right. Go That's ahead. where that comes from. Because you can't tell them no. Yeah. Right. You just got to, once you're on the, on the battlefield, you got to let them try it I'll and then watch it, it break. Yeah. Watch it break or watch them realize that their gear is way too heavy. Super unwieldy. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. or not, not, uh, not protective enough to, to, you know, to, to, you know, even though you're not swinging a hundred percent, you still get hit. You know, yeah, and if you're not protected properly, right. you get the guy coming off the field like, ooh, ooh, my shoulder, ooh, ooh. Right. And it's right. like hands, your fingers. Well, or Joe's favorite, he kicked me in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> he kicked me in the There's balls. armor for that. Yeah. That yeah. needs to be a t-shirt. There's armor for that. You know, um, the thing is, uh, unarguably, sure, innovation is built on people trying something different and, and breaking out. But also, those same people need to recognize that there is a reason why things are done the way right. they're done. It's tried and true. Yeah, and try to innovate. Try to find. You never know. Maybe you will find that thing that's really good. But if and when you fail at that, understand that there's a reason why you failed. Mm-hmm. Right. Try it a different way. If you're really convinced you're going to innovate in this specific circumstance, concepts that have existed for 8,000 plus years, 2,000 plus years, understand you probably not gonna reinvent that wheel but it, i mean the, the biggest one i always saw was were, were the new folks who would buy the fingered gauntlets right from oh, whatever yeah. vendor at fair and then we were picking fingered gauntlets up off the field. yeah right <laughs> the they're, they're they're segmented but sort of think like uh uh sauron's 
gauntlet okay. from, from yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's probably a better thing for me to think than those right. shoes that people wear that are rubber and their toes are each individual toes. And it's yeah. But gross these would and be, weird. Don't do that. Yeah. No, but these would be like, you know, little pieces, little scales of, of metal kind of riveted to, I don't know what the material underneath it was. Leather strap. Leather. <laughs> a leather strap. Yeah. Um, and they had no durability and you know, halfway through their fight, you would just see them get hit in the hand and you'd see the pieces just... <laughs> in, and it would be like, okay, well, I guess after the fight, I'll be picking those up out of the center of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you yeah. so, so you mastered the live action side of it. I don't know if it's mastered, but you definitely uh, took it to the pinnacle. For sure. So what brought you around full circle? To, to well, where you are now. Well, so it's kind of funny. So when you do the live action thing and you start moving up in the ranks of those different organizations, right, you end up having to teach people stuff, right? Because like in live action, medieval live action, you want a helmet, right, because you want to fight and you don't want to get hit in the head. So you want a helmet. You need to make it, right, because there's not too many people where you can just outright buy it. And even if you can, then you got to f- adjust it yourself so it fits right. Also not cheap either. Well, if you make it, it's not too bad. No, no, no. no I'm talking about like oh, you if you just pay, it, buying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're paying for somebody's expertise with armor making. So I learned, I learned that it's easy to teach people things if they don't think you're teaching them, right? So oh, Joe, that's <laughs> what I've been doing wrong. Why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> I wanted you to learn the hard oh way. Oh my god, my class is not. So that's what to those me. armor workshops were about. Sure, of course. <laughs> Plus, everyone wanted to go on the field, but then they make their own armor. So I'm not making it for everybody, right? right? And you you take a one man operation, you turn it into a ten man operation, mm-hmm. right? So I made a lot of friends with that over the years, right? Because like you guys are just talking about it. I don't know if you know or not, right? But I took over the country in the fight group, right? right? So a couple times, didn't you? Yeah, a couple yeah. times. A couple <laughs> times. I broke the record. <laughs> so, but to do that, you have to get all these people involved, and then you make a lot of good friends, right? Mm. So, that was like a good life lesson on how to get through things. So, recently, more recently, which is when you originally called me and asked me about the show, uh, some friends of mine had some life difficulties, and they had a gaming store. And it, unfortunately for them, it was going to close, mm-hmm. right? So um, I was talking to them, and I ended up taking the store over from them, right? And, okay. and while it was, you know, on, they couldn't maintain it anymore, and it was just going to go under. Sometimes it just, you know, you yeah. have a dream, but it doesn't quite work out the way you right. want it to. So I used all those connections and those lessons to bring back the old school style gaming into the new games. Genius. Right. So, and words spread pretty quick and it wasn't easy because people resist, right? People oh, yeah. are all into what they want to do. And so I changed some of the sales dynamics that a lot of gamers and people that do and they don't realize it. So there was a little bumpiness mm-hmm. with people in the store at first. Uh, but overall, people saw the growth, right? Mm-hmm. And and they liked it. And now we're doing all the different game nights. And like you guys know, uh, miniature, which is appropriate, the miniature tabletop 
group battle type stuff is what my particular store specializes in. Okay. And we're one That's of the fair. biggest in the South now, which is pretty cool. That's, That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's just let's just name the store because, you oh, know. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you're well, totally allowed to shout out the store. Please do. It's, it's Hey Wanna Play in Plantation, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Which I think is a genius name. Well, that was it's, the prior that people. Was the, that was the that original was the prior logo, and, and I told him that when he first started it, that's a very cool name, because that's how it all starts. Somebody says, hey, do you want to play? That's true, but I also hear you get interesting web results searches. Type that in. This seems like a win situation. Oh, internet. We're the one with the tabletop games. <laughs> right. The other one. <laughs> Oh, internet. Right. Oh, my God. That's funny. I had never thought about that. That's really Yeah, funny. I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either until it was brought to my attention. Oh, you got to work on that SEO. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that store's pretty good. We, we Now we can field, I think, like 12, you know, six by eight tabletops at the same time we have a couple of the god tables you guys were talking about mm-hmm. where they have walls and you look down in instead of just a, like a flat dining room table is that what they're thing? called i didn't know that was the name of them god tables it's like a god view that's right because you're looking down on the world cool. and all the things Neat. move around in there okay. right so it's like old Greek mythology, right? I love it. Like I love the it. people the are moving. moving the yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally just flashed to the uh, Clash of the Titans. The, uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. With the, the figures moving around. I, I'm going to give I'm gonna give Joe a geek point for the Clash of the Titans. Thing. Joe should get a geek point for the Choose Your Own Adventure reference. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, we've had a couple of people um, that we've talked to who are involved in, in – um, Miniatures gaming in general, and um, I'll tell you the same thing that always goes through my head, which is is that I have always loved the concept of it. I think to take the kind of D and D model of creating battles mm-hmm. and create a visualization for it, where you're like really seeing it, and and it helps with things like, can I hit that guy? Well, can you? Can your unit clearly see him? Do you really right. have? line of sight is there something obscuring is there a partial cover blah 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 and like there's no question you're looking there it is there if there's something in between there you know there's something in between and i love it and i've always sort of wanted to do it i've watched people do it in the past and then i'm like but do i need another gigantic expense in my life both of money and also time and i think if i had a little bit more of both i would i would completely be on board i think Part of the problem too is that it's it's not even like oh well I would want to do a traditional like legitimate war medieval style war type battle but then there's like there's Warhammer 40k that looks fun too right even things like I love Marvel and there's the Hero Clicks which I'm always like a little scared to say because I feel like real uh, tabletop wargaming people are gonna be like oh. Is that like the thing that that is there contention there? Is there? I I mean that's just an so, outsider's perspective. So, this was the early lesson I brought to the star of bullies ah, because there okay. are like rankings among themselves which game is better, oh boy. right? And a lot of it comes out of fear, right? Because like you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, Warhammer is the big game." A lot of people play Warhammer, yeah. but a lot of Warhammer. Guys are very cool and relaxed. Some Warhammer guys, not so much, right? It <laughs> depends. Um, so 
back from my no bullies days, I I do a lot of peacemaking in I the store, that. and mm-hmm. a lot of it's you know low key, passive on the side to mm-hmm. keep it all on the same page. So like one of the differences in my store is I'm not passive. If you come in the store and you're rough on the other players and you're not having a good time, mm-hmm. every gamer knows when they have that one guy who's throwing the game off regularly, it's always awkward mm-hmm. how to deal with that. Yeah. I deal with that. I really love that. I, deal with I, that. I also I really, love really that. appreciate the importance of that. Yeah. That just you know. to our listeners, hey, want to play as a safe place. Oh, for sure. And we can say that. And I think that is absolutely amazing. Like, you're, you're like, making me miss you. That's really cool. Like, I'm I'm sorry. That's a, I, yeah. I'm doing it again. Okay. That's another geek point. Because, right. wow, that's really amazing. I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, it just takes a little practice, and it's good. And you don't even have to necessarily tell the other person, like, oh, you're just, you know, you're a jerk. Because maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they don't work well with that group. Yeah. Right, like a newer player tends to be very combat orientated, mm-hmm. like say for D and D, but uh, more experienced guys want to defeat the creature without fighting it. Right, yeah. so maybe they want to use their brains and mm-hmm. get the experience points that way. Right. And a newer player is messing that dynamic up. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, you know, Joey, why don't you try playing at this other table? Because these guys and you everybody's nice and you like hanging out with each other afterwards but during the game it's a little rough notice you guys fight every game yeah right everyone's coming here to have fun after work right so there's this other game where the players are more into what you're doing right they're more fighter eccentric or 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 magic or whatever it is well i'm and this is uh, i remember we talked in your shop uh a while back when i told you first about the the podcast and you know i mentioned when I tried to get into ma- playing Magic the Gathering, and as a new person coming in, and I was playing League Knights, whatever, right. and like you come in and like I kind of understood how to build a deck, and I was getting help from from friends and whatever, but it would be like I'd sit down to play, and the guy playing against me has been playing for years and understands the fundamentals of the deck right. and everything, and I would just get smoked, and yeah. it, it wasn't fun. And I remember I brought that up to you, and I said, you know, kind of my thought, sort of kind of where Pete's like getting into like Warhammer or something like that, you know, starting off, it feels daunting. And you're like, oh, no, no, Joe, I have levels, you know, right. there's the newbie table. There's, And I think that sort of approach is 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 marvelous. It's, you know, it's impressive to, because you're not going to lose the new player who comes in and gets smoked that first fight or right. comes in, and as you mentioned to me, with the unpainted, army and right. you know gets kind of embarrassed because oh your army's not painted so we yeah we we attack that like so that's a warhammer thing right whether it's uh, age of sigmar or 40k or even infinity right which is uh, like a competitive one that's not as well known but it's a pretty big game mm-hmm. right corbus belly produces it um but what we do is there's always experienced players that are looking for games and some of our players play in like state and national competitions so some of them are intensive and exactly what you said new players want to try it maybe they didn't paint their fig so hot so they don't like that or they go to play the game and they get really smoked badly in the first turn and it's like oh why even play so what i tend to do is i don't tell anybody they can't play in another group but i'll set up different things right like we'll start a beginner's league where if you've got under 10 games in, you can play in this game. And we allow unpainted figs mm-hmm. um, 
poorly painted figs and we'll do es what we call escalation. Everyone starts off with a low point cost, not a lot of models, just to learn the rules, mm -hmm. right? And you do that for maybe two weeks. And then once you have the rules down, we increase the amount of size of the armies you can have. Mm -hmm. So instead of having 20 models, then you go up to 30 and you try different units and see how that works. So it's training. And if you wanna try jumping in the deep end of the pool, you can, right? Or maybe you do an intermediate, a middle area for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's good. That's good that it's, you know, it's nurturing and it's supporting of, uh, you know, bringing people in and bringing people into the community. For sure. You for know. sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It, I actually found out that by being a little more interactive, I've had to tell fewer people than any other store I know that, like, toxic guys can't come back. Mm -hmm. I've only had, like, Four and one I let come back after a while. <laughs> so did that person learn? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Straight I mean, down. still a little arrogant. Sure. But but, but totally acceptable. Better than better. Acceptable, right? Good. Like not rude to other people, right? When they're playing, not in your face, right. ha, 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 in a not fun, friendly way. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. There's, a, right. there's a line between those two things for sure. Right. For right. sure. So. Um, and what's great is once you get that that development down, like that feel that it's okay to have some kind of competition, you can start doing a whole bunch of new things. Like we have this game we call Smash Hammer, which <laughs> it drives people crazy. Oh, do tell. So, like you you take all I this saw, time learning. I saw the, the game. hammer. You take all this time learning the game, you paint your models, you're playing competition with your friends. This is definitely for advanced players, not mm. for newbies. And to play the game, you put up one of your models <gasps> that you built. It's like pink slips, playing, paying for, yeah. for pink slips. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we made a little like shine of sacrifice and we put the two models on it and there's this giant medieval hammer that I have in the back. Okay. And if you lose the game, you know, if you win the game, you take your model back and you get to smash the other guy's model with wow. the hammer. That's high stakes. <laughs> Seriously high. high stakes. We've had about five of these games oh so far. And like at first you're like, I'm never entering that. I spent all this time putting this model together. Oh and man, there are it. people. No, that's the thing is, man, there are people who are like, it's not fun if there's not a real right, risk. Right, right, yeah. a risk. Yeah. So most people put up the not as expensive model, right? Like of put note, up I'm trooper. not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, I know those people. I'm not those people. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really great. I That's mean, cool. it, it's going on right now, right? And like ah. You can see my if you could see it, the phone's lighting up. They're putting up pictures of people having a good time. That's great. Right, the new the new game they're all playing now. It's not a new game, but that we're pushing is Blood Bowl, which is. Uh, is this like the old Blood Bowl from back yeah. in the day? Really, it, it's coming it back. back a little bit oh, now. That's cool. Yeah, so it's monsters playing football. You know, the first time I heard that was on the uh, Fear the Boot podcast, and they are huge into Blood Bowl. Um, they have a uh, they have their own con, or at least they did for a while. And they're like one of the nights was like Blood Bowl and Chicken Wings. Right. <laughs> we call it a beer and pretzel game because it doesn't take a lot of like advanced prepping to play. Mm -hmm. You can literally sit down and play with your friends and you know, one set it's a one session game. Uh, and then it's over. Very so cool. yeah. 
Neat. So you're doing with that? Is it just one-off games, or are you doing like competition playoffs, or? So we were doing one-off games in the store, and so many people were interested. We started a Blood Bowl league, okay. right? So uh, it's still one-off games, but at the end of the game, they keep if you won or not, and you get like one or two of your players. Uh, can gain a little experience and they can move up. Never so much that they become unstoppable, mm. but they become better than just an average lineman player. Right. So, yeah, we have a ranking system. We got a big trophy that we give out. <laughs> and in typical tabletop fashion, mm. now we're making like stands to go around the side. So it's not just like <laughs> I have my piece out in front of me. We're giving it the visual. Nice. All right. Nice. So, putting the fantasy back in football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Peter Geek point for that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you have really come a long way and, and come full circle in a lot of ways and learned a lot and been able to kind of take your core values and make them into into something really cool that, that benefits a lot of people. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely a community store now. There's like, yeah. there's, it's known and people love it, so... Mm-hmm. There's a following. It's great. I, I mean, I, I know whenever I stop in there, it's, you know, I've stopped in there, you know, Saturdays. I've stopped in there during the week. And there are there's people there. Always you know, going people, on. People there at, at the tables with, you know, getting their stuff out or, you know, someone trying to talk other people to buy, you know, get into the Necromunda stuff. or Right, Necromunda. <laughs> we're, Necromunda's a fun game that's coming out now. Like, it's not coming out, but we're pushing it now. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I, the other thing I want to talk about is the. Uh, I know you'd mentioned you have, you have built a uh, room at the store for doing streaming from the streaming room. Yeah, yeah. So how's that? How's that going? That's going pretty good. That started off with um, the old owners had like a storage room that they weren't using at all, and a lot of these games there was uh, some downtime between games. Like if you play Magic the Gathering, the card game, mm-hmm. right, where you play against a bunch of people, right, like in a tournament, you, after your one game's over and other people are still playing, what are you gonna do for like 15 or 20 minutes? So we cleared out this storage room and we made it like a media room. We put in um, TVs and a whole bunch of different video game systems and some couches so you could go in there while you're waiting and just you know put on the PS4 and you know play a zombie game or a shooter game whatever just something to burn the time mm-hmm. um, and that became kind of neat and as we started playing other games whether it was that or Pokemon or even some of the Warhammer games people started wanting to do internet connections back and forth so that became like you know the electronics room where everything was in there uh and it's good for sound because it's enclosed right so when the store's packed and there's like 30 people in there in the private room there's not too much sound and people started getting involved with the magic streaming was actually pretty big for a while we had some people following us over in like france and all sorts of places i couldn't believe it right like when the (laughs) when the computer tech people came to me i was like really france right um so and and also in the fort lauderdale airport apparently people were following our streams and they were having layovers right like five hours for international (laughs) flights so they'd come into the store and they'd buy stuff it was like a thing you're the store that's on the internet right so we just wanted to come and buy something 
yeah it was Aww. it was pretty cool so uh we started coming up with the idea to start streaming other games right mm -hmm. so um the god tables i i actually make them cool. right so i'm making one with wheels so it's slightly adjustable and i'm putting a whole framework on the top of the room so we can permanently mount cameras right and have them moving around like on a spider network oh my god have uh, we mentioned that chris is incredibly good with his hands yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, chris has a zombie wall at his <laughs> compound thank you for the zombie yeah. wall the zombie wall um but yeah so you built this whole big thing now well it's, you're it's in, in construction okay. so the room is there the the metal framework's not up yet right we just put in all the lights we put a whole like light system on so the idea is you'll get an overview of the tabletop so you can see the entire table then there's going to be like a zoom camera for a dice tray area so we can do like mini screens where you can see what the rolls are and you understand and then maybe one or two close-up ca cameras for the characters right so like a split level um stream very cool this right. this is 100 percent a diy crafting geek point so that's the idea and then when it, it's gonna go i'm trying to make it go live like in the next month or so that's the so you know in reality time that'll probably be two life has that habit of popping up and yeah especially with the holidays coming up things get nuts yeah yeah so so but that'll be the idea and once that'll happen we'll start streaming Warhammer, Necromunda, Infinity. We'll probably expand the Magic and uh, Pokemon games, right? Um, Very cool. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. In fact, there's even we're even pushing. What's funny is because the terrain, I try to keep it generic. So we're even pushing uh, Lord of the Rings tabletop, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, which is a big oh, hit. Wow. And, right? Um, you know the Game of Thrones game. Uh -huh. Yeah. So. And uh, even the D&D stuff now, it's kind of funny that D&D people, like, they get nervous about using the terrain. And I'm like, I don't know why you guys are nervous. Come to the shelves, take whatever you want, right. and put it into your table. Like, like an Age of Sigmar, which is medieval, there's a, this whole sea people race. So we started having sea tables, right? Which a lot of people don't have. That's so we cool. put out an ocean mat, and then we take the mountains from the mountain table, and we put them on the ocean mat to make like islands and reefs and there all stuff go. like that. And now they want to play these uh, Ghost of Salt Marsh, and yes. all the water games are big. Uh -huh. So I was like, man, I don't understand. Like, so I was talking to the DMs. I'm like, you want to play? You're playing a boat game with yeah. islands and water and we have the terrain Use right it. on the table. Use it, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Uh, right? Uh, so. He's getting a DM's friend <laughs> geek point from me. <laughs> totally. Right. Wow. So, so relocating not safe for wizards, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stream on your shop now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so... So yeah. yeah, wow, lots of stuff going on. Yeah, it's very interactive. Where In fact, it, it's gotten so big we got a little bit of con ideas on the brain all right so we'll see where that comes we're just feeling it out Stay right tuned. now mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah. very cool 
Yeah. I could talk to you forever about this, but I know that there's someone else at the table who just did something super cool. I don't, I mean, I am completely enraptured by hearing about this and I didn't want to, to be like, Hey, look at me, but well, I'm saying, look at you, <laughs> look, look at you before we no, look really, at that's you. how you hurt your eyes. Um, before we segue though, uh, because I had wanted to ask you this before we, we sure. change the subject, where exactly is the store? So it's on um, West Broward Boulevard by the Turnpike Underpass. It's 5223A West Broward Boulevard in Plantation. And we'll make sure that at the end we're going right. to do our plugs. and Yeah, yeah and we'll link everything notes, so. in the yeah. show notes for Stuff sure. Like oh, that. cool. Yeah. Um, but at least we know that it's out there. So that the address is there um, if anybody cannot wait till the end of the show. Yeah. To go right now. Put yeah. Their... Oh, they're, they're right now playing Blood Bowl and <laughs> take your your ear pods out and run. Go straight there. Um. So I've been gone for a couple of weeks, yeah. uh, a couple of episodes here, and it all culminated last weekend in a trip to Hollywood Studios in uh, the the Walt Disney World Park to see the new Galaxy's Edge Star Wars land. Um, Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) I have a first-hand report for you guys. Um, Oh, I can't wait. Right now, from September through, I believe it's through the month of November, uh, Disney does a thing called Extra Magic Hours, if anybody is not familiar with that. That is uh, for people who are staying on property in one of the, the, the hotels on property. They have uh, some additional hours that the park is either open early or in the morning or later at night, where if you are staying on property, you can go and enjoy those without all of of the entire masses of of 18 bajillion people uh, in the park. And right now, uh, from October through, uh, I think it's September September through November, something like that, it's Hollywood Studios opening at something like 6 a.m. And... um, yeah, you bet I was there at 6 a.m. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, I'm that guy. I am exactly that person. The force is with you. <laughs> I'm going to give you a good point for that, being you. at Disney at 6 a.m. It was yeah. a lot of commitment because uh, we were already there Friday night, and it was a late night Friday night. So then uh, it was it was definitely not more than five hours of sleep back up and Oof. hitting the bus uh, and, um, yeah, getting to the park uh, right about at opening. They had already opened just maybe 15 minutes by the time I got there. Um, so first off, let me just give this advice to anybody who has not been there and is going at some point in time. Um, there are two ways to get into the Galaxy's Edge section. One is to be moving from east to west, coming in from the area that is the uh, Muppet Vision 3D show. Uh, that is the side you want to come in. The other side is the north side of the Galaxy's Edge. It's coming in out of the new Toy Story Land. Um... The difference between those two is when you come in from the Muppet Vision side, the way you come in is they have a sort of small, uh, almost tunnel that you go down into. And when you go down into that, it is essentially a transition where you feel like you are leaving Hollywood Studios, you are leaving the planet Earth. And when you come out of this tunnel on the other side, you are on Batuu. You are in the Black Spire outpost on the planet of Batuu. As you come out, like you go into this tunnel and it looks like a tunnel if, if you were going in a, walking a tunnel on, on a road under a river where, you know, it, it's just worked stone with lights the first couple of steps. And it makes like a short kind of like 90 degree right hand turn and then an immediate left hand turn. So you kind of zigzag in 
And as you are walking through in the middle of that zigzag, the worked stone gives way to like what appears to be just raw stone cut into a mountain. Uh, and there are more Star Wars-y style lights that, I mean, they're lights, lights are lights, but the setup is different. The fixtures are different. Everything is different. And you come out of this tunnel and you hear noises and you hear noises that sound like wildlife, like Star Wars-y kind of like chittering wildlife all around you. Everything is trees. There is, as far as I could see, Nowhere that you can stand in the galaxy's edge, in the Black Spire outpost, where you can see anything that isn't that area. There is nowhere you can stand that you see the Hollywood uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Tower- Terror, the, the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Oh. You can't see it. You cannot see it from inside. So you're uh, totally you immersed. You cannot see the Slinky Dog roller coaster from inside, which is essentially just on the far side of that area. If you come in from the north, if you come in from the Toy Story area, they have the trees worked in such a way where you still kind of make an angle to go in there. And it's still 100% immersive. But to walk that transition coming in from the Muppet Vision side is incredible. Mm. It You feel like you walked in, like, what was that old show, The Time Tunnel? Like, <laughs> you came into this tunnel and you were in, in, in Hollywood Studios and you came out on another planet. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So, um, Smuggler's Run, which is currently the only ride that they have going, um, Rise of the Resistance is coming. I think it's December 5th, I believe, to my recollection, is the second ride that will be coming. Um, but Smuggler's Run, by about 8 a.m., I had already ridden five times. (laughs) Um, I'm good at geek points. For for research purposes, um... (laughs) Yeah, not because it was the fulfillment of all of my live streams, um, but also that. I heard there was a bunch of different positions. So there are um, three different basic positions, but they are still each a little bit different. There are six seats. You go in with a group of six. Um, there are two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. Uh, and that is your six seats in the cockpit of the Falcon. So the funny thing is... They've got to divide up the tasks because they need to have six people in there and everybody needs to have something a little bit different to do. So the two pilots, as weird as this sounds, it works. One person controls up and down. The other person controls left and right. It sounds super weird. When I heard that, I was like, I don't don't know if I'm on board for that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Tell you what. Other pilot, you just just sit there. I'm going to reach across the console and do both six. Um... In and practice, solo here. In, a, yeah. in yeah. practice, it's 100% practical, and doing just up and down or left and right is surprisingly better than you would think it's going to be. Um, I sat in the chewy seat because my absolute necessity was to pull the hyperdrive lever. Uh, that was all I really wanted out of this. Did you go to plaid? I, 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 I did proclaim, hold on to your butts um, before, before I hit it. Um, the, technically, the first ride I did, we were we went in and were engineers. Now, I was a little bit sad, but it was it was okay because it was a good entrance to it. Here's what's kind of weird: unless you are the pilots, it's a little disorienting because you are watching. You have it's it's the Falcon. You've got buttons, you've got switches, all kinds of yep. stuff like that. Blinking dials, and yeah, <laughs> blinking um, lights, flashing. So, <laughs> all about the blinking lights. The way it works is of all of these 
various buttons and switches and knobs and stuff you've got around you. Uh, a given thing lights up, and that's your indicator that you're prompt push that button or flip that switch or whatever your, your thing happens to be. So if you are the engineer, for example, which was our first position, um, it is prohibitive to be watching what's going on in front of you and also keeping an eye to your immediate left or right at what switches are lighting up. So the Falcon is falling apart and I'm watching the movie and not pushing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I've done a very poor job here and we're all dead now. <laughs> um, oh well, I guess the first order wins. Um, the whole of Batu is definitely set in... in uh, like this time period right now between Last Jedi and uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Um, there's uh, some of the, the little indications of that inside the Falcon. You do see some Porg nests uh, oh, post geez. Last Jedi. Nice. Uh, there are, there's so much attention to detail. It's unbelievable. So much detail. Um, there is the, the Jarek uh, chess set uh, table. Nice. There. Um, you you sit in that little lounge. The the funny thing is, like, you really want to explore that lounge area at the center of the Falcon, but it's kind of quick. It's like, okay, you're in there with about twenty people who are queued up now to to go in. You have about I don't know a minute, maybe two minutes, and it's like, okay, let's go. It's time to go get on the ride. And you're like, but I want to, I want to sit in this chair. <laughs> but I want to sit in this chair and look sexy. Spoiler alert, didn't look sexy. I saw the picture of myself. I will make sure we load up some pictures here of my <laughs> adventures in Galaxy's Edge. There's a lot of pictures of me thinking I look sexy. <laughs> and then looking at the picture after the fact and going, I am no Harrison Ford. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm no Harrison Ford. Very, just... very few of us are. Uh, there's an excellent animatronic inside Smuggler's Run that sets up the storyline of... Um, Hondo Onaka from the Clone Wars and Rebels um, oh, series. He is, uh, his animatronic is so advanced. It's so cool looking. His motions are very realistic. Um, it's, it's unbelievable how far the technology has come from uh, a great big beautiful tomorrow riding the carousel of, of progress, uh, which is my other favorite ride. Yes. Um, I Disney. will give you a geek point for that. Thank you. Too. Thank you. Um, it's so immersive. It's so immersive. It's unbelievable. I drank the blue milk. I didn't drink the green milk because that would definitely necessitate me making a crazy old man Luke face. Um, don't need that. Not willing to do that. Not willing to spill like very expensive green milk all over my face for the sake of a joke. That's what you were missing for the cool look in the chair. Maybe that was the problem. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm thinking you made the right, deci- right call on that one. I there, think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so here is, I think, really the trick to maximizing your time in Galaxy's Edge as as a visitor. Um, yes, there is only one ride, and other than that, there's um, there's a cantina. The cantina is very cool. There is actually a two-drink maximum at the cantina. That is not a typo on my part. Not two-drink minimum. Two-drink maximum. They want you in, drink your drinks, get out, let somebody else in because they have limited capacity. It's something like 90% standing room only inside the cantina. There are like three booths that kind of look like the booth Han and Chewie were sitting at in A New Hope, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. Uh, Don't get me wrong. The cantina is super cool, but they definitely want you to come in, Check this out. 
drink a couple of drinks, go away. Um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for your money. There's a lot of people waiting. <laughs> I think the cantina might be actually reservation only, too. So another thing to to look out for to plan your your Galaxy's so Edge adventure. Does the cantina offer just beverages, or do they also have a food there service? There are some small, like, tapas fast kind food. of. Fast <laughs> food. Yeah, space, space food. tapas. Um, <laughs> there is, a, like, a, I think they call it Bantha Bites, which is... Um, Tater tops? I think I want to say it was, like, nachos or something. Somebody else ordered it. There is a hidden menu thing that is, like, a charcuterie board with various meats and cheeses and Ooh. vegetables on it. We refer to it as a starcuterie board. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to just give a geek point for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that that goes out to your, your lovely wife probably. Um, that. No, that was a dad joke that definitely fell out of my mouth. Okay. She's, <laughs> she's obsessed with charcuterie boards. So she really facilitated us getting it and then me saying something stupid about okay. it. Which is really the story of our life. <laughs> um, so let's see. what. Oh, so maximizing your time there. Um, there is a marketplace... One of the coolest things is, again, you are not at Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars land, at Hollywood Studios. You are at the Black Spire Outpost on Batuu. Mm-hmm. Therefore, um, a lot of people have probably seen that, like, your Coke products are sold there, but they are sold in, like, a cool, like, crazy-looking Coke thing where the, the, the script, the font of the script evokes yes i understand this is coca-cola this bottle definitely does not say coca-cola on okay. it it's not exactly abaresh which is the the star wars font language that's just, another geek point yeah star wars up. is my thing <laughs> <laughs> it's what i do um but you know it's it's just in the middle enough that if you don't know anything about star wars you understand that you're drinking a coke and that's um, the, 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 the ball bottles. It that, looks like a that, thermal detonator. That the oh, TSA cool. that the TSA initially wasn't allowing them yes. onto flights. <gasps> really? Um, and then Disney <laughs> Disney got in contact with them and were like, that that's a Coca Cola product. Disney can. has enough money that they said, Listen, US government <laughs> let our Cokes on your planes. And they were like, Oh I'm sorry. You have literally all the money. <laughs> Would wow! You like to buy us? So, <laughs> when you go when you go into the marketplace, um, there is like um like an exotic animal shop, and they sell plushies <gasps> of things like Chewy and Wookies and like a lot of the creatures you see, like the loath cats from uh, Star Wars Rebels and uh, Porgs. I was gonna say, can like you that. get a Porg? You can get a stuffed Porg. Oh my God. Uh, in the center of their like exotic creatures shop is a cage. With an animatronic um, loath cat from Rebels, which for those who don't know, it, it looks like a, a fatter house cat. But it's animatronic and it's laying there asleep on its back holding like a somewhat torn up stuffed porg like ah. your pets at home would do laying on the couch. <laughs> it's so amazingly cute. Uh, you go into the toy store and the toy store sells like figurines of of heroes of, of the Resistance and of heroes of the First Order. Um, people that are famous figures in the galaxy. So you get all that stuff there. Um, they sell in Galaxy's Edge in the marketplace, like those spray bottles with a fan attached to it that you see people in theme parks are always buying uh, mm-hmm. because it is, it's Florida and it's 800 degrees. 
Um, but the ones that they have there, the top of it, it, it's sort of that same color as like the moisture evaporators um, that you see in all the Star Wars movies. Nice. Sort of dirty off-white oh, color with a little like industrial looking fan at the top. It's not like the oh bright orange fan you see on the other ones. It looks right. like it's a piece of industrial machinery that someone just put onto this thing. It doesn't look like anything you see in anywhere else in the park. I'm gonna need a lot of money. When oh I my go god, to this it's place. so cool! It's so amazing. Um, the most fat, immersive fat podcast thing. money. Well, they <laughs> the need it to bribe the so TSA. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so once it comes down to the fact that you've written written Smuggler's Run at least three times because you want to be in all the different positions, um, you've walked through the marketplace. You went to like Docking Bay Seven, which is their quick service. Um, you've gone to the cantina. I know that a lot of people are like, "Well, what do I do after that? There's nothing to do other than this is like the Star Wars Ren Fair," um, which is true on so many levels because yes. it is 100 percent ruined by you know 300 assholes walking through it at any given time who cannot get, don't know anything about Star Wars. They wandered through. They this is new. I want to look at it. Oh, look at this crazy stuff. Um, and they just ruined the immersiveness of it for me. It's like. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only person that when they see people, they put their own voices to them. (laughs) No, you know what's even worse is I definitely catch myself talking to other people in my Star Wars, I'm a Star Wars pilot voice, which is not Han, but it's like my sad impression of Han that I don't even mean to use. But like going through Smuggler's Run, I definitely caught myself talking to people like that. Wow. Um... Oh, yeah. Like, what, what did I say to somebody? Uh, I don't even remember. We were coming off, and, and we were, like, on a group of four. So it was my wife and I and, and two other, like, actual adults, which was one of the few times that it was four adults in there instead of at least one or two kids riding on it. And I was like, well, you know, we did all right, but um, that uh, the Falcon's going to need some work after this. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I, you know what it is? It's like Chris Pratt in that scene when he's talking to Chris Hemsworth in uh, right. in Infinity right. War, and they're like, are you doing an accent? And he's like, no, this is my voice. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm doing that. I'm 100% doing that. I don't even mean to do that, and I'm tr- I'm, I'm, I need to stop. Wait, you know the what question I is, did you did you have the willpower to stop it? No, no absolutely not. No. Well, see, I figured I, I would figure you'd just chalk this up to you know your love of the Star Wars role-playing games through the years and absolutely. finally get to you know actively this is you know, me larping it yeah <laughs> absolutely this is me welcome to the star it. wars larp like, yeah. They, right. oh, yeah warning to our listeners they do not allow you to wear costumes in there uh you can buy costumes in there you better not buy it go to the bathroom and put it on because they will ask you not to wear that outfit yeah, can you that. bound can you do like you disney can, bounding type if thing? you're smart you can disney bound it okay so if if you can play it right like um funny thing i disney bounded han solo a few years ago i have a pair of like navy blue shorts with like the red stripe on the side of it like the corellian stripe on the side of these pants in retrospect i'm like why did i not wear those pants uh i did not wear those pants they're kind of buried in my closet because i haven't worn them since i did it back when um disney was doing star wars weekends still a few Mm. years back that was the time that i wore it and i have like a white like long sleeve shirt and and like a vest that i got where it was like yeah this is clearly i'm disney bounding han solo but i'm also wearing regular people clothes right um regrettably it it didn't occur to me till that night like oh my god why did i not wear that outfit what is wrong with me (laughs) what was i thinking what i did wear is a shirt that i have from star tours that says i'm the rebel spy um, ah. Which is also fun because you, you've got like Kylo Ren walking around the park with some First Order stormtroopers. 
uh, interrogating people, looking for Ray, looking for Chewbacca. They're supposedly in and around uh, Black Spire Outpost trying to light the spark of rebellion. There is an original character who only really appears in the Black Spire Outpost but is now part of Disney canon. Uh, one of the best moments there was um, we saw this girl. I, I can't remember what the character's name is. I, I only once even heard the story about her. But she... Um, she goes around and she interacts with people and she says like, hey, you know, the Resistance really needs some help. We need you to spy on the First Order. We need you to do this and that and don't answer any other questions and, you know, we need you to be a good good resistor. Um, so I saw her from a distance and I was like, oh, that's cool. And she's talking to some people. And then I looked over and there was this little girl. She was maybe about nine, I would guess. And there was kind of a little half wall, like a planter kind of wall. And she was just sitting there entertaining herself for a minute her parents were no more than six or seven feet away they were right by her uh talking back and forth to each other they had all just stopped for a minute to take a break this resistance girl sees her from behind sort of like casually like skulk walks up to her sidles up alongside her and leans in and they just like they just start having this quiet little talk and i'm like this is the fucking Disney experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is Disney's mission statement right here. <laughs> it is taking your fantasies, making them reality. Wow. Um, it, it was such a cool experience. I didn't hear a word of what was said between the two of them. Doesn't matter. Like, it was so cool that she just saw this girl by herself, and she's like, hey, let's talk about the resistance. Oh. Uh, let's God. talk about resisting the patriarchy, little sister. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. So so the real question is though, if you came in wearing a Starfleet uniform shirt, you will probably right. Punch right, Ooh. Ooh. right. Punch right in the face. <laughs> well earned. Well earned. Yeah. Obviously, well earned. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you a geek point for that. <laughs> boldly going where no one should be going. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's great. Um, That's great. So, getting the most out of the experience. Um, if you don't want to spend infinite money, which is absolutely a possible thing, um, you want to ride Smuggler's Run. You rode Smuggler's Run. Uh, at this point, there are not fast passes for Smuggler's Run yet. So, get there early if you want to do it. That's your best bet. Uh, I am hearing the lines have been up and terrible around midday. It was about an hour, a little bit more than an hour Oof. for the standby line, which sounds bad, but it's really not for Disney. Mm. especially let me rephrase that for disney for a ride that just opened yeah um, right. yeah because i remember hearing when when the avatar rides opened at uh animal kingdom like two three hour yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. even uh i remember hearing not too long ago the new hagrid ride at universal was like four hour wait times wow so an hour for smugglers run is not bad at all mm-hmm. here's the other thing cannot strongly suggest enough there is an app called play disney parks and the whole purpose of it is disney says like look we know a lot of people are going to stand in lines regardless of where they are disney world disneyland doesn't matter um and they have games that you can play (laughs) at different rides at different places when you go to galaxy's edge you'll see like a park map when you open the app up and it'll have icons for the different rides and stuff like that and different points of interest in Galaxy's Edge, if you click on any of those icons, it changes the app to a Star Wars data pad. Oh, neat! And there is all of this interactivity that you can do where you can 
um, slice uh, hack uh, slicing being being Star Wars hacking into different systems. You can listen in on first order transmissions. You can scan cargo to find out what the cargo contents are while working jobs for different characters in and around Galaxy's Edge. Oh, There's wow. like a That's job neat. board. Wow. It is a full interactive experience game, like an AR style game. Wow. An augmented reality kind of game. Um, that will be your whole day easily. <laughs> easily. Like, we had reservations to this and that, and we had to go, and it was absolutely like the kid that you're dragging away. And it's like, oh, come on, I just need to scan these containers. But I gotta Chewie. Work. <laughs> Chewie needs my help. Um, you, there is a, a ton of stuff to do. It is, you will get out of it what you put into it. Um, which, I mean, maybe that's not the way it should be, but maybe it's the older generation, like, I'm willing to meet you halfway. You know, if you are going to provide all of this stuff for me, I'm not going to overlook that. Yes, there's only currently one active working ride. The second ride is coming. That's still only going to be two rides in that land. But, I mean, there is so much to do. There is so much to do just living in that place for a little while. What about, I've been seeing a lot of, um, and I don't know if it's down here yet or maybe it's just in California, the, um, like, build the lightsaber, build a droid kind of stuff. Do they have that here yet? Or they is do that... have both of those things here. It's expensive. It is real expensive. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who actually, I, I I can barely say these words. I think it's so cringeworthy. He has bought, like, four lightsabers from there that he built himself. Whoa! That is coming up on, on a grand. I think they're about $250-ish a piece. Wow. Uh, there are legacy sabers, which are the ones from characters we are we know and are familiar with. He has a legacy saber that is Luke's green bladed saber from uh, Jedi. Okay. Um, the one he built with Yoda and Dagobah. There is one that is the Temple Guards uh, from the close of the Old Republic. Um, oh. That really kind of ties in with a character who appears in Rebels, the uh, the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels was previously a Temple Guard uh, on Coruscant. So they have the, the Temple Guard lightsaber. And then, yeah, you can build a 100% like custom lightsaber, uh, which he also did. They give you some options. Um, and they say, like, do you feel like you relate more towards justice or more towards power or more towards nature or more towards this or that? And when you go in there, like, they give you a tray of parts that are all thematically associated with your choice. But you still have a lot of options on like how you put it together and what you do. The, the color of your kyber crystal that that colors your blade. Uh, my understanding is the blade that attaches to the handle will be a different color based on the crystal that you put into it. The blades all look the same. When you put a different colored crystal in it, that is the when you ignite it, the blade color will be different depending hmm. on what crystal. You wow. wow. Uh, the technology is super cool. He did show it to me. Lightsabers are heavier than you expect they're going to be, um, which is, is probably a good thing. Uh, it feels sturdy. It feels, like, legit. It feels real. They're bigger and heavier than, than I was expecting when I, when I... Well, I hear they're making them so you can actually fight with your friend and not break it. Yeah, like there's, like, seconds. leagues and stuff now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's a thing. That's a thing. These are not on that grade. These are more, like, collectibles. These yeah. are more like you're going to put it on a shelf somewhere and, and show mm. off how much yeah, money I, you have. I know I, mm. I've seen, I forget what the name of the company is, but I've seen the one where they're making 
fighting lightsabers and starting what we out. would call combat ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, for sure, because I know when I was doing the LARPing, like, regularly, you know, you camp out for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And at night, everyone's hanging out. And when I was doing it in California, uh, there was, like, in the distance, I was just sitting there with my friends, and somebody came over and said, oh, it's going to start. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, the green, you know, lightsaber turned on on the other side of the field and then like blue. And then it's a, I couldn't even see the people, but there was like 20 of them all on. And then they started battling oh, like wow. right in the middle of the night. Wow. You know? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's cool. That's super yeah. cool. We actually have a mutual friend that is now part of one of those lightsaber leagues. Wow. Um, he lives up in Orlando. And uh, I'm not going to say his name because I haven't talked to him yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we may have to. We may have to have a oh, conversation see how with that him goes. and see how right. that goes, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, other points of interest. Um, oh, yeah, there is the droid, like a build-a-droid thing. Um, I don't even know what the pricing is on that. I went in there. I, I checked it out. The store is very cool looking. Um, there's there's a lot going on. There's characters. You see Ray walking around. Um, I was fortunate enough to be walking by there's like a first order transport like a full-size first order transport there uh there is a first order officer and his his officer garb looking kind of the same uniform that you see uh general hux in in the the sequel trilogy he's sort of pacing around the landing platform area in front of the um transport and uh he'll he'll interact with people he talks to people he have you have you seen any of the resistance members have you seen any of these agents of the rebellion um, and then you hear the music start playing, those French horns associated with the new First Order theme. And uh, the stormtroopers show up on the, the landing platform and they're talking about how, uh, um, yeah, you know, now we need to step up our search for, for the resistance. That's and cool. Kylo Ren comes walking down out of the ramp and uh, starts um, monologuing in front of everybody. I have a video. I'll make sure we... Uh, Attach a link to the video of that. Um, It's very cool. Pro tip. So if you really want the full immersive experience, here is my suggestion to you, other than using the data pad through the Play Disney Parks app. Uh, There is a store. It's actually the the Droid Factory store. It's the only place where you can get this. Uh, Like in other places where you can um, attach your Magic Band um, to, to your credit card, which is the wristband, the, the, the near-field communication wristband that gets you into the park and gets you your fast passes and stuff like that. You can attach a credit card to it so that when you pay, you don't have to have cash. You don't have to have your credit cards. You can walk in with just that wristband, and whenever you pay uh, on the, the credit card machine, you just put the wristband up against it. You put in your PIN number. You're good to go. You don't have to carry extra stuff. In the droid place, there is <laughs> a Star Wars credit that you can buy. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, in the Black Spire, they call them Spira. And on the back, there is a barcode. So you can use this to pay for it. Oh, wow. It wow. is essentially a gift card that is a metal Star Wars credit. <gasps> I have it in my hand. I'll link a picture to, to this. It is super cool. If you really want that experience, I went to the cantina. We ordered our stuff. And I just laid oh, my credit wow. down on the table. <laughs> and then shot Greedo in the face. And shot Greedo <laughs> right in the face. So here's the deal with this. You can get it in the droid factory. Um, 
when you purchase it, you have to put $100 onto it as the gift card money, like with any gift card, that is the value of it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't pay anything. That is it. $100 that you definitely are going to spend in that park, you're not paying any extra. You put you load it with $100. It's refillable. Um, you don't pay anything for it itself. It's not like it's $120, $20 for the thing, and $100 of credit that goes into it. Nope, $100. The $100 are in here. Spend it. You're going to spend it. Nice. You're going to spend it anyway. <laughs> Easy. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. You're going to spend $100 in a <laughs> Disney park? <laughs> uh, I am hearing that they tend to sell out. They tend to be a little tough to get um, because they sell out if you guys want to take a look at that. Um, but I, I did not have a problem getting it. Um, they had them. They don't have them on the shelves or anything. You need to, to go up to the cash register and say, cool. you know. Good to know. Hey, I need to do a currency exchange. Um, wow. <laughs> like the, at the airport. Like at the airport, right. <laughs> the Disney cast members are very immersive. They have lingo that is Black Spire Outpost lingo. They don't say good morning. They say bright suns to you. Um, I actually have a question. Yeah. Is it is the whole setup like in the movie, right? Obviously, when people watch the movie, they're very resistance orientated. Is it set up that way or is it more like the RPG where... Uh, you could go either way. You could play the Empire. You, uh, in the Black Spire Outpost, it is in the Unknown Regions. There's a reason why they call it Galaxy's Edge. It is right. on the outside edge of the galaxy. Right. And in the data pad, the missions that are available to you, there are resistance missions. There are so first order missions. Just like the role-playing game. And there okay. are cool. scoundrel missions. Ooh. Right. You uh, right. don't have to be either, either. of those two. I'm going to give Chris a point for that. That's, that's Absolutely. very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you can do all of the missions if you want. Right. right. Personally. That's a long line. <laughs> I did a lot of scoundrel missions. That is definitely the life that I, I live. Uh, that is the zone in which I reside. Um, at one point, yeah, oh, uh, when you do things, you get credits that will go to, towards your profile. I had a person who I got a message on my data pad from some character that living in and around Black Spire who's like, hey, I, um, I picked up this crate of data skimmers. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, girl, hey. hey. Are you interested in buying a data skimmer for 25 credits? And I was like, yes, I am. And I attached a data skimmer to one of the communications ports uh, in Black Spire, mm. and I'm getting credits for every time someone goes in and uses <laughs> in their app. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is 100% every character I play in games other than Not Safe for Wizards. That <laughs> <laughs> is definitely Will as, from... As, as much as I am a crazy paladin, that is the first time I've done that. I'm always a rogue. Always a row. Wow. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no, you found the right person. That's me. <laughs> uh, play it your way. Choose your own adventure. Um, the people in general of Black Spire Outpost are like, oh, my God, these resistance, these first order. Can we just get back to doing gray market business? <laughs> uh, can we just live our lives? Uh, there is definitely an air of that to it. Like, this whole... Star Warsing is really just inconveniencing their lives. <laughs> um, Can we smuggle, please? Yeah, just <laughs> real, normal day to day smuggling. Like, I don't want to smuggle your resistance stuff. Right. I don't want to be stopped by a first order checkpoint. I want to just take 
I don't know, drugs, to this uh, other place. Death sticks. Please. Death sticks. Uh, spice. Um, yeah, let me just live my life, man. I'm just a humble, uh, a, a humble uh, loft cat dealer. <laughs> hey, to go back to the beginning, Mom, we're not making those bad guys good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I like to think oh, like bad guys light. Like, right. We're right. like firefly bad guys. Yeah. Like you're, you're, good. you're rogues with a heart of gold. Yeah. Let's be bad guys. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of that. So um, yeah, it's it's as immersive as you let it be. The bigger of a Star Wars fan, yeah, the more you're gonna get out of this. That's, That's cool. cool. You'll love it. You'll live it. It'll be everything you've ever dreamed of. Um, as long as what you dreamed of was spending every every dollar that you have, um, that's that's so it's kind of expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you still need a lot of money. It's still <laughs> Disney. Uh, the most immersive thing you cannot see any part of the other parks from anywhere in there that I saw. Wow. Um, and there's a spot where you go up to like um, when you do Smuggler's Run, you go inside and you know typical like the line ride. Um, you end up on the second floor and you can see out this window that looks out over the Falcon sitting there. From that second floor window, I still could not see anything uh, outside of, of, of Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Um, the That's angles that they did, man, those guys. Those, those Imagineers, Imagineers yeah. 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 Are yeah. brilliant. I have so much respect for them. Brilliant. I know, I know someone that was one for a while <sighs> and just, oh my God. The the costumes, the cast members, like everybody is doing 110%. Oh, the, the blue milk stand. Uh, there's like a, like a, it's like a food stand where they sell the blue and the green milk with alcohol. Um, yeah. Oh, with alcohol. Uh, oh, I, you know, I had to stick that in there. It's all going to be with alcohol. Um, <laughs> there was a guy standing uh, outside of the, the cast member who's, who's just helping to organize the, the queue. And um, he goes, oh, where are you guys from? My wife goes, Fort Lauderdale. And he goes, oh, I don't, I don't know where that is. And she goes, in Florida? And he goes, where? And I go, Earth. He goes, oh. Ah! I've heard of that. I go, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's not. He goes, is, is it far? I go, no, but it's not worth the trip. <laughs> uh, Pete, the proper answer is it's far, far away. Oh, that's ah. Ooh, you, you, you let know. that one slide. I did. I, did. Okay. I, did. I was that's, pretty that's... overwhelmed at that point. This was shortly after I stopped crying from seeing the millennium <laughs> yeah right okay so i was gonna Fair give enough. you the geek point but i think joe stole no that joe point. totally yeah. stole, joe stole that joe point. can have it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, joe, well earned. joe got it with his so, Rogers um, reference. Well earned. Yeah. <laughs> so moving moving briefly to news we're, we're going a bit long yeah we're getting a bit long. Um, yeah. but yeah. but staying though with the star wars universe yes. tonight during i believe monday night football for the listeners four days ago yeah you're living in a world where we have this already um the new trailer, the final trailer for Rise of the Skywalker Ugh. will be coming out. Uh, so reactions uh, next week? Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe it's going to be a lot of, oh my God! Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I saw somebody pointed this out in an article. It's not that it's the final trailer for Rise of the Skywalker. It's likely the final Skywalker saga trailer hard stop ever. Period. This is it. Ooh, that that hit mm. me kind of heavy in the chest. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought about that before. Continuing on the Star Wars, uh, one uh, saw that uh, some footage has leaked from the trailer, and uh, it's said that you can notice a ship, the ghost. I did in see the that. image, um, and the other thing, 
going to our Disney Plus news, uh, they're doing a live action series. They're going to be doing a live action series focused on Grand Admiral Thrawn. I had not heard that. I'm excited. Did that news come in over the weekend while I was on Batu? I saw that, I want to say, this morning. <laughs> Only played on station. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you got to go to Earth. Listen, that, that attenuation of signal from our galaxy to a galaxy far, far away. It takes some time. It takes a bit of time. It takes time to travel. Um, but yeah, so they're going to be doing a, a live-action Grand Admiral Thrawn series on Disney Plus, which I believe that is now like point five hundred and seventy seven in the grand and in, in the Disney Plus column for why we have to get it. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but they tweeted the other day the entire lineup of what will be available. We, yes. we actually yes. three and a half hours string of tweets. Wow. Um we we actually covered that last episode with oh, Kitty. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm very sorry I missed out on that. Uh, Kitty says hi. I was, oh, <laughs> and, and I, I definitely re- respond in kind. But, you know, I was super mad listening to the episode going, you know, from the beginning, I try not to, like, take over the show by talking about video games all the time. Uh, there was so much video game talk, and I was like, the one time we have a guest who's, like, big video games. <laughs> <laughs> Figures. Yeah. All right, um, so we're going to cut this short. There's a couple other news items that we could go over, but we can hold that over till next week or the next time you're on. Yeah, we've got some big announcements coming up. We've got some big teaser, announcements. Teaser, teaser, teaser. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Um, well, let's, let, let's do the, the one big one because uh, November 4th, the Geekiest Podcast will be going on the road, and we will be uh, recording uh, at Flynn's uh, Arcade and more in Margate, Florida. Unsure if they're going to be open at the time. Uh, they, the, the, they're trying, guys. The, the owner is, is in the process, um, and that's why we're going on the road uh, to them. Uh, regardless, that episode will be streamed on Facebook and YouTube, as far as I've been told, what? from the Flynn's, uh, Flynn's Gaming uh, channel. So you actually get to see us in living color. Live and in motion. Yeah. We'll try to behave ourselves. No, we won't. No, we won't. No, no we no. won't. We're right. so bad. Um, so that, that's that's the big one coming up. Um, I want to say though, if, if we find out ahead of time that Flynn's is going to be open, it'd be great to have fans of the geekiest yeah, uh, come out and for sure. say hello and do whatever. Um, but I think I think we're about about out of time. Yeah, I, I would sure. really like to to hear time. from people. Uh, this is what I'm looking forward to. Because uh, just real quick, I feel like whenever you meet a, somebody who you mostly associate with their voice, when and I realize that our pictures are on 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 the cover of, of yeah, every, we take a picture every, every time. Yeah, but you know, like it's different when you meet somebody and you're like, man, your voice seems weird coming out of your face. Yeah, <laughs> um, which I mean, granted, with me, it's that my face looks weird existing on Earth. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, uh, Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Is that <laughs> I am, I am yeah. that. I'm more of a uh, size. Geek, geek point. Kayla's one and only geek Kayla's point today. Geek point. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So looking at the big board. Bam, bam, bam. It was a close one. It was close one, but I can't uh, see from her. Chris. Uh, oh, thank you. Okay. Chris pulls it out with yes, eight. Way to go! Oh, only because Joe stole your point. <laughs> Joe earned my point. Pete following close behind with seven. Joe smuggled your point. <laughs> well, there you're really clenching it because there's one, one more. Yeah, yeah, um, one more late hit. One more like late point. There we go. I'm, I'm there with six, and Kayla with one. One. 
So, Chris, as is tradition, winner of the Geek Points gets to go plugging first. So, where can they find out about you or your store or whatever it is you want to plug? Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks for the heads up. So, I'm ready for that. You, I guess you did. I forgot. <laughs> It's definitely once the show was in motion, but still early. Okay. This is why we edit, so. No, that's totally cool. Um, well, I'm frequently at Hey Wanna Play on the weekends, right? That's always our big days there. Uh, I'm starting to do the LARPing thing again a little bit, so I'll probably be at the Camelot Days Medieval Fair. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to redon the green helmet and take on all comers. Uh, legendary. Will the shovel come out? Will we see the shovel? It's quite possible. Oh, uh, see, now we got to go. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, the shovel has to come out at least once a year. Right. right? <laughs> Otherwise, it gets mean and vicious. It's wow. mean and vicious anyway. You no, know, Joe, I'm not mean and vicious anymore. Every time I try to be, a little angel of Joe <laughs> pops on my shoulder. And it's like, Chris, don't do that. There are kids in the world, and they need good role models. <laughs> That's funny because that makes it feel like you're the complimentary part of me because whenever I'm making a decision, a devil Kayla appears on my shoulder. Yeah, I do. I believe that. Wrong decisions in life. Right, right, do right. it, do it. Right. But the best so, wrong decisions. Of course, well, you have to be interesting. Yeah. So so um, as far as social media is concerned, it's just, hey, want to play on like everything? Yeah. Okay. Hey, wanna, there's, there's probably a half dozen hey, want to play sites, right? They specialize. Hey, want to play role playing? Hey, want to play miniatures? Hey, want to play Pokemon? Hey, Gotcha. Want to play magic and just generally hey, want to play. Want to play, right? Awesome. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, right. so if you want to see the handsome Chris in person, come out to mm. either Hey, Want to Play Gaming Store or to Camelot Day's Medieval Fair coming yeah. up soon. All right, Pete, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, I am on the Twitters. I am at the. It's just Pete because I had to put the the in front because I am a celebrity. <laughs> Uh, you can also find me uh, when I'm not on the geekiest you can find me on the not safe for wizards actual play 5th edition D&D podcast playing Orion the unstable paladin Um, it's a good description additionally to that slip into my DMs and let's meet up I'll make it as weird as possible I promise I'm going to set up some kind of page where it's like hey for 50 bucks I'll show up at your house and say weird things no, Pete. No, I won't. No, you no. can't do that. I can't do that? That's, that's the one time that I'm not going to tell you do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you broke the demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> broke the demon. Listen, Notice listen, Joe's over here going in the listen, shock. L- listen, Pete, if you want to set up your own Patreon and do that. <laughs> like, wow, they reversed roles. Right? Some blown. Twilight Zone. <laughs> Listen, listen, I understand the side hustle, buddy. I understand the side hustle. <laughs> Make those Benjamins, baby. Uh, and Kayla, where can they find you online? Okay, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Hawk underscore Kayla. But I'm going to be perfectly honest. Me and Twitter, I've tried. I've honestly tried. But for some reason, it's not my forte. I will check it as much as I can. However, um, you can find me on uh, my store's website, our thrift shop, uh, Secondhand Goddess. Uh, You can find us on all the social medias at Secondhand Goddess um, and get me that way. You can also find me uh, playing Jade uh, in the Notorious Not Safe for Wizards as well as the the little halfling assassin of doom, uh, as she were. 
and of course here every Thursday. All right. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Demorgus. Uh, you can find the podcast information at the geekiest pod across all the social medias. And of course I am the DM of the not safe for wizards actual play fifth edition D and D podcast, uh, where I manage these two nuts and the other three to four and the rest of those bolts. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank you for listening this week and we'll be talking to you next week. Bye. Bye. We love you. <laughs> hey there listener. Before we get out of here, just want to, uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but Hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.